Father, as we pray today and as we tune our hearts to the Word of God, Lord, I'm asking you to help us communicate truth that would change our life this morning and as we begin the new year in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at a number of verses today, but I begin a series today called Coming Together. Everyone say, Coming Together. The subtitle there, probably can't read it, read it. It says, Finding Your Place or Finding Where You Fit Within the Family of God. And that's the focus of our, our beginning ground here in January for sure, coming together. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, It's time we come together. Coming together. Ephesians 2, 2.19b in the Living Bible says this. I love how it reads. It says, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Could we read that out loud together? Here, let's do it. You are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I really believe that to be true. And in fact, uh, as I mentioned, I have a new mentor in my life, uh, not personally, but just through his teachings and writings and, and lectures, a guy named Gerald Brooks. Let me just give you a couple of quotes that I've heard from him recently in some of the uh, tapes and things I've been listening. He said this, there is no substitute for being in close proximity to the spirit of God and the people of God. There's just no substitute. I love that. He also said, it's important to choose the people of God when you don't want them because there will come a day when you need them. And that's really true. I promise you, you may not need the body of Christ and the family of God now, but there will come a day when you do. And so it's so important for us to understand that and realize the value of that. And so uh, at this beginning of the new year and the beginning of this series, I want to present to you a novel but very biblical idea that I want you to begin to embrace uh, in your life uh, in truth and in, in sincerity. And here it is. It says this, you are extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to you. I'm going to say it again and then we're going to read it. In fact, get ready. We're going to stand up and say it to one another and then we're going to say it to ourselves. Here we go. Let's read it together. You are extremely important to God. Come on. I heard about five of you, I think. I wasn't sure. It might be six. Out loud, say it proud. Here we go. You are extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to you. Now, everybody stand up. Oh man, pastor, I'm already, I'm already, now stand up, look around, find somebody and say this to them. Here we go, right in their eyes. Tell them, you are extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to you. Say it again to them. Come on. You're extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to you. Now let's change it up a little bit. We're going to say before you're seated, we're going to say, I am extremely important to God. Here you go. And then you, you make it personal. Here we go. I am extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to me. Say it one more time, make it personally, then you can be seated. Here we go. I am extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to me. If you believe that, say amen and be seated. 
Amen. So there's our, there's our focal point. You're going to hear that quite a bit uh, as you come next Sunday. I said as you come next Sunday. And then the next Sunday. And then the next Sunday. Come on now. I challenge you to be here four Sundays in a row. I said I challenge you to be here four Sundays in a row. Because if you can do four, you can do eight. If you can do eight, you can do 52. Come on, somebody say amen. And so I want you to know you'll be hearing that. And so the, the, the revelation is, the reality is, this principle is taught throughout, throughout all Scripture. The necessity for one another, the need for one another. In fact, think about creation. God looked down upon Adam and what did he say? It is not good that he should be alone. Somebody say Amen. You see it in creation. You see it in prophecy. Ezekiel 37, a prophecy about the valley of dry bones. You ever remember that one? He looked down, there's a valley of dry bones. I would love to have been there and seen that. This would have freaked you out. This would have freaked me out. A valley of dry bones. And, and uh, God asked Ezekiel, so can these bones live? And he says, I only you know, Lord. And he said, well, prophesy to the bones. And they began to prophesy. The wind began to blow. The bones began to rattle. They began to come together. Ah, and the flesh and the sinew came upon them and before them stood a great and a mighty army. I'm telling you, that's the heart of God for all humanity uh, to come together and realize that we're important to God and his family and his family is important to God. God and his family is important to us. Amen. So the principle is throughout all of scripture. And then when you get into some of the practical teachings in Ephesians, in fact, turn over to Ephesians. We read one. I want to show you a couple of passages here that I've read over and over and over to you just to show you this Ephesians 2.19 that we read out of the Living Bible. Uh, see if you can catch the, the importance of coming together in, the, in this verse here in verse 19, 20, and 21 and 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Somebody say amen. But you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, catch this, in whom the whole building, that's us, being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together. Somebody say built together. Built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You see, God's building something here. And it, and it requires us coming together and being built together. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse, oh gosh, uh, let's just do verse 16. It says this, uh, from whom the whole body, that's us, joined and knit what? Somebody say together. Joined and knit together according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, the, 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 the whole crux of the word of God is for us to come together and connect with one another to fulfill his kingdom purpose in the earth. Are you catching it? If you're catching it, smile and nod and say amen. So let me share some things with you about this idea, this coming together thought. Let me break it down into a few thoughts and look at it from a, from a few different perspectives. The first one is this. Let's look at it from the grace that brings us together. Everyone say the grace of God. Man, I'm telling you, it's the grace of God that brings us together. His mercy and grace, his unmerited favor that looked at us when we were strangers and aliens and lost and without Christ. 
And his grace brought us together. I love what Gerald Brooks says grace is. Grace is God doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. You see, you were separated, hopelessly separated from God and his church. But the grace of God came in. How did it happen? Through his mercy. Everyone say his mercy. You see there in Ephesians chapter 2. This is the way we were. You need to understand this. And you he made alive. Now I'm going to read this. And if there's anything in here you agree with, you just join in, chime in, however you want. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, you were hopelessly separated in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, shoo-wee, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, shoo-wee, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's where we all came from. Uh, But I love verse four. But God. Somebody say, but God, but God who is rich in mercy because of his grace, great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses uh, and sins, look what he did. He made us alive. He made us alive. Come on now. You're with me this morning, aren't you? He made us alive together with Christ for by grace you've been saved. Thank God for his mercy and grace. We come together by his grace, his mercy and grace. Also, uh, hey, he graced us with his ministry. And we can't do it without him and without one another. Look in verse 10 of that same chapter. It says, for we, oh, everybody, who? For we, that means us. For we are his, you know, he wasn't writing to individuals with this book. If you look back in the first part of Ephesians, he's writing to the church. He's writing to the church. For we, the church, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank God for his grace that, that, that drew us together by his mercy and drew us together in this common ministry that we have as the church and, and then also he graced us by and, and, and revealed uh, this great truth of coming together by just sharing his mindset. This is the way he thinks. This is the way God works. God was never alone. And he never wants us to be alone. He wants us to, everybody say, come together. And when you read Ephesians 2, 14 through 22, there's a lot there. Gosh, let me jump in and just get a couple of them. Verse 16, and he, that, that he might reconcile them both to God, speaking of the Jews and the Gentiles, into one body through the cross. That's the mindset of God, bringing people together. Not individualism. Now, I appreciate individual gracing and gifting and talent, but how many of you know individualism is is for the purpose of corporate benefit? And the mindset of God, in fact, when he began to describe the church, he talked about it being a body, about being a building, about being fitted together and joined together. It's the mindset of God. And listen, if you don't think that way, you're not thinking like God thinks. Are you with me? Say amen. And so it's his grace that causes us to come together. Let me talk to you about the glue that should hold us together. You know, there's a lot of things that are undermining the connection that people have with the church. 
Let me talk to you about the glue that ought to hold us together in the vision of God and keep us joined and fitted together because it's not God's will that we ever become disconnected from his church. And let me just say, let me pause and throw this out to you before I talk about the glue. Right now, the enemy is trying to disconnect you from God and his church. Right now. Because he knows it's the way God thinks and the way God works. And so, with that in mind, let me give you some glue. The first one, biological necessity. Read 1 Corinthians 12. He talks about the, the, the church as the body of Christ. This is his illustration. And he says things like this. Can the hand say to the body, I have no need of you? Absolutely not. Can the, can the foot say or the eye say, I have no need of you? What's he saying? It's a, we are a biological necessity for one another. Are you with me? Your liver cannot live outside of your body. How many of you appreciate your liver? Come on, you never thought, somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for my liver, wherever it is. How many of you appreciate your heart? And all the, all the hey, you, the, the, they are of no value if they're not connected. Could I throw this out to you? You are of no value to God if you're not connected to his church. I know that goes against some people's individualistic mind thinking. But hey, God never raised up lone rangers. He raised up the body of Christ to come together. Hey, look at the first century church. When he birthed the church, he didn't tell it just to Peter. Peter wasn't there by himself. It was people coming together. And he said, come together. It's a biological necessity. And for us to think we can survive and even thrive disconnected from the family of God is, is a mystery to me. Because Paul the apostle says, we're like the body of Christ. Amen. And so it's a biological necessity for the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose. They've got to be connected. Listen, this church is a body, not a building. It's an organism, not an organization. We are the body of Christ and the family of God. And so it's a biological necessity. Number two, the other glue that ought to hold us together is just biblical instruction. The fact that the Bible teaches this throughout scripture that we must be connected and, and we thrive and we grow because we're connected to the body of Christ and we're connected to the vision of God through the local church. In fact, when you hear the, uh, the word church throughout the New Testament, most of the time it's talking about a local church assembly, not the church universal, but the local assembly. Hey, it's throughout the scripture. We all need to be plugged in. It's a biological, but it's also a biblical instruction. I love Hebrews 10 25. It's every preacher's uh, favorite verse he likes to throw out from time to time. It says this, let us not forsake the assembling together as the manner of some is. You see, even back then there were people already being robbed from the local church. Even back then the devil was working, trying to disconnect, disconnect people from their family, trying to disconnect people from their body. He said, 
Forsake not the assembling together as the matter of some is. And then he throws this out. So much more as you see that day approaching. Talking about the, the last days. How many of you know we're closer to the last days than ever before? So that verse applies to us more than it did to, to those in, in when it was written. So much more as you see that day approaching. And so the Bible teaches us over and over. In fact, here's some little descriptive words about the, what the Bible says. It says we're put together. We're joined together. We're built together. We're members together. We're heirs together. We're fitted together. We're held together. And one day we will be caught up together. But it's all about being together. You see, that ought to be the glue that holds us together. But then number three, how about the beneficial blessing of being a part of the family of God? Oh, what a benefit. The benefits of coming together just far outweigh uh, the consequence of not being connected. There's huge benefit. The first benefit is to the father. He loves it when his kids come together. In fact, it says we're being built together for a habitation of God in the spirit. God wants to manifest himself through us. Not just through you, through me, through us. His greatest, listen, his greatest manifestation on planet earth is not some explosion. It's through his presence made known through a thriving local church. His hands extended to a world that so desperately needs him. That blesses the Father. How many of you want to be a blessing to God in 2013? You can't do it disconnected from the church. La dee da da la. See, I'm just getting old enough to just tell you how it is. You cannot do it. He, he, is, he will not be blessed. And he will not be able to bless if we get disconnected from him and his church. We're absolutely vital to God and his church and God and his church is absolutely vital and necessary for us. Everybody say amen. But there's blessing to our family. Oh man, my family. Woo, there's Taylor Deanne over there snoozing away. She's being blessed by the church right now. She's hearing Papa Sam preach the word of God in her spirit. My kids have been raised in church. My grandkids are raised in church and I'm telling you, it didn't hurt a one of them. Hey, getting them here on Wednesday night didn't mess them up at all. It didn't throw them for a loop with their, with their, their keen abilities in other areas. Ooh, I have some people think that your kids got to be asleep by 8 o'clock. They're not asleep by 8 o'clock. You leave, they're up playing video games. Come on, you know that's right. That, hey, it blesses our family. Our family's blessed beyond measure. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians, there's acceptance in the family. You're accepted among the beloved. There's influence in the church family. Uh, there's support. There's growth. There's ministry. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that if one member suffers, all suffer with it. And when, when there's a problem, how many of you know that's the way it is in the body? Did you know, you know, I don't know much about biology, but white corpuscles and all those things, you know, you cut yourself you get a wound did you know there's an alarm goes off in your body whoop 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 all the blood cells in your body go oh it goes to work heal 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 we got a problem in the body it's got to be healed whoop 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 that ought to be the way it is in church that is the way it is in church when you get connected some people get disconnected and then they hurt and they wonder where's the church in your time of need that our response is if we didn't know where you were, we might have come help you. If you even let us know you were apart, that would help. Or what your phone number is. Oh, what a novel idea. 
<laughs> We're here to help. There's, hey, that ought to keep us plugged in. It's just a biological necessity. It's a biblical directive. And what blessing comes. Whew. Hallelujah. You could throw me out here today. I'd be back tomorrow. You curse me, kick me, poke me, prod me, ridicule me. But I'm going to be a part of the family of God. Am I going to get offended? Oh, yes, offenses come. That's what forgiveness is all about. Amen. Now, I've just got a couple of things to say. Let me say them quickly. Let me talk to you about the goal of coming together. It's not just so we can all sit around and sing Kumbaya. In fact, let me just say this. Ty learned some songs at his school. He learned Kumbaya. And here's his version. Kumbaya, my horn. Kumbaya. We sing that all the time. We don't know what that means, but. It's not about coming together and just singing Kumbaya, my horn. There's a goal. When you read Acts chapter 1, the resurrected Christ has his first century church. He's got the pot. And it says, he's been, he's been teaching them for 40 days, the resurrected Christ. And look what it says. And being assembled together. Therefore, when they had come together. He said to them, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Pause, look up. It'd be a great thing to be here Wednesday night and fall in love with the Holy Spirit all over again. Get a fresh anointing in your life. When they'd come together, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, Listen, that's why we come together. Because together we have this great global concern of making a difference. And you know what? God just said, you know, if I had local churches scattered all over the world in every community of every flavor and every tribe, we can touch our whole world for Christ. This was God's idea before time began. This is the second phase of his great plan to touch the whole world. And so today, together is always better. Did you know that? Together is always better. Together, what can we do? Oh, I quote her one more time. This is my first time in 2013. Mother Teresa, God rest her soul. You can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. But together, we can do great things. We can keep building churches together. We can keep drilling water wells together. We can keep raising children to be disciples of Christ together. We can grow together. Let me just tell you something. Growing people grow people. Growing churches grow people who grow people. And we can do this together. We must do this together. We can, hey, listen, 
we can weather the storms of life together. We can go through the hard places together and come out on the other side. Together is always better. Let me give you a pastoral pastoral warning from Rick Warren. He says this, one of the first symptoms of spiritual decline is usually inconsistent attendance at worship services. When we become careless about fellowship, everything else begins to slide too. That's really true. And so today, I'm closing this first Sunday of 2013 with a three-part altar opportunity. The first one is reconciliation. If you're here today and you need to be reconciled to God or to His church, you can do that by just coming and saying, Lord, forgive me. If you've never given your life to Christ, the Bible says you can be reconciled to him by faith in him, by yielding your life to him and saying, Lord, come into my heart. I believe that you died for me and paid a great price. The second part of this altar opportunity is this. It's not only reconciliation, but it's affirmation. I'm affirming today, listen, this pastor and this ministry team that you saw just a few moments ago, we are affirming today our coming together commitment to God and his church. So everyone say reconciliation. And I help me out. Everyone say affirmation. I'm affirming that today. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what this boy's doing in 2013. I'm moving in rather than moving out. I'm stepping into my level of commitment. I'm not stepping back. I'm coming in closer and tighter and more committed and connected and visionary than ever before. And I challenge you to do, there's an invitation for each of us, whether we've been here 20 minutes or 20 years. Uh, if you've been here 20 years, you're longer than I've been here. The church has been here, but uh, there's, a, there's an invitation today as for members of this church to step on in and affirm their connection and commitment to the body of Christ. And then thirdly, it's not only reconciling affirmation, but there's an invitation going to be open today for whosoever will. If you've never connected with, church, with a church family or you've never connected to this church today, uh, you can, we invite you to plug in and get involved and connect with the family of God and become a bona fide member of Church on the Rock North. Let's stand together today. I know it's about noon. We'll be done in just a moment. But let me walk you through this process. I'm going to ask our ministry team that you met a few moments ago to line up all across this altar today. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed and you need to be reconciled to God, my job this morning, according to 2 Corinthians 5, is to ask you and beseech you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. You may be here today and you've never really made a commitment to Christ. You may be here today and you've given your life to Christ, but you are at odds with God. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. If you're here today and you could just agree with me without any pretension, pastor, I'm at odds with God a little bit. I'm not right with him. I know I'm not walking in his will for my life. But today I want to, I want to begin the new year.
by getting reconciled to God. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I see that hand. I see that. Anybody else? There are people here who are saying, I need to be right with God. Anyone else? You know, you've been out of sync with his plan for your life. And today you're going to pray a prayer of commitment. Let's all bow our heads and pray this prayer with these that lifted their hand. And if you lifted your hand, hey, there's no special formula for you today other than just be honest with God. We're all going to pray this prayer together. Everyone together, pray out loud with me for these that lifted their hand. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for paying for my sin on the cross and for dying for me so I could have new life. I believe what you did for me. I accept it as truth. I believe it. And I invite you today to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I want to be reconciled to you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that out of sincerity of your heart today, you know what? You belong to Jesus. And here's the interesting thing. You think, now what do I do next? Now, did you know when Jesus met up with his disciples, you know the first instruction he gave them? He didn't tell them to, he just said, I I want you to come and be with me. And I'll teach you to be fishers of men. So if you prayed that prayer today, you know what your first step is? Just come be with Jesus. Invite him to be in every area of your life. Let him begin to teach you and lead you and guide you and certainly be a part of his family. And so we welcome you into the family of God. And we welcome you. Doesn't it feel good to be reconciled? I said, doesn't it feel good to be reconciled? Makes me feel good. Finally today, this ministry team stands before you in an an affirming posture saying we're moving in and not moving out. We're affirming our coming together connection and commitment to the body of Christ. And we want to invite you to do the same. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, that's what I want to do in 2013. I don't want to step back. And let, let, let me just be honest. Let's be honest. Watch this. How many of you have heard voices and little thoughts come in your head tempting you and telling you to step away from God and His church? I get that every once in a while. Nobody? You mean that you've heard it? You, hey, if you've been battling that, welcome to the family. That's the devil's tactic because he knows if he can disconnect you, he can kill you dead because you're of no value to God. You cannot function apart from the church and the family of God. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's what I want to do with this ministry team and you, I want to affirm my connection and commitment in 2013 to come together and plug in and get involved and be a part of the family of God. If that's you today, just lift both hands and tell that to the Lord right now. That's what I'm going to do. Father, I lift both hands to you. This ministry team, we lift both hands to you today and we declare and affirm our commitment to you. We know, Lord, that that, uh, you're really important to us and your family's important to us, but we also know we're really important to you and to this family. And so today I lift both hands and surrender to you and I affirm my commitment to you and my connection to the family of God and coming together as a family to do your kingdom purpose. And finally today, if you're here 
and you believe God is adding you to Church on the Rock North and you want to connect and commit and plug in, get involved, uh, and you've never, you've never officially done that, and you're here today with every head up, every eye open, and you can say, Pastor, today I want to become a, an official member of the family of God here at Church on the Rock North. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Anyone here today? Just say, that's me. Do we have all the family here? Anybody? God bless you. Amen. God bless you, dear. Anybody else? If you lift your hand, I believe today is where God wants me to be. If you lifted your hand, come on down. I want to welcome you into the family of God. God bless you. Come on. Anybody else? I'm home. I'm here. Come on. Come on, y'all. Give this young lady a big God bless you today. Amen. Bless you, dear. What's your name? Mandy. Mandy. God bless you, Mandy. You believe this is your church home? You believe I'm your pastor? Amen. Where are you from, Mandy? We're going to pray for Mandy right now. Father, we thank you for Mandy. And Lord, today, I just believe today is a great new day for her. Lord, in fact, I believe by a prophetic word that today you're going to turn her world upside down for your good. Really, you're going to turn her world right side up. In fact, Mandy, I just hear the Holy Spirit say to me, you've been so confused in the past. You didn't know which way was up, which way was down. But God said today, I'm clearing the cobwebs out of your life. I'm producing a new vision of, and, and future for you. And what the devil meant for evil, God's turned around for good. And he says, you're valuable to God. And he said, I can use you today. He's not over with you. He's not done with you. In fact, Mandy, I hear the Holy Spirit say, your day is just beginning. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Amen. And Mandy, you know what? Listen to me. You're going to be the first of many, many more because there's a whole lot of Mandy's and there's a whole lot of other people out there that need the influence of the local church in their life. And you know what? God's going to bless you. He's going to help you. And he, guess what? You're going to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I want to introduce you to my wife right over there. That's Beverly. You go stand by Beverly because she's going to get some information from you in a minute. Come on, let's welcome Mandy to the family. Amen. Now we're about to go, but how many of you got some Mandy's in your world? Anybody got some Mandy's in your world? Some people that you know they needed to be here today and they need to connect to the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you to go get them and let's begin to be salt and light into the world and invite them to plug in and be in a part of the family of God. You know what, Mandy? I, I'm not going to read her mind, but here's what I believe today. She came today and she never knew that God would begin to touch your life the way he began today. You see, you got friends and family. They don't know what will happen when they get here, but you do. The Spirit of God will reach out and touch their life. This is the church being the church. That's why we need to be here. We need to be connected. We need to plug in, be involved. And let's see God in 2013 do great things for his glory. And everybody love the Lord. Say amen. God bless you. We're going to count to three and we're going to go out with a shout. We're going to shout uh, uh, coming together in 2013. Amen. Let's do that together. What are we going to shout? Coming together in 2013. Count with me. One, two, three. Coming together in 2013. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock North. Amen.